Let's do 100 and retire. <laughs> <laughs> we now rebrand. We now come back at something else. Exactly. I actually think that this podcast is due for a rebrand. But then come back as what? <laughs> Bigger and better. Okay. That's just it. That's the new name. That's it. <laughs> okay, That's all. Yeah. Ready? That's mm-hmm. Okay. Hi, guys. It's your host, Matilda. Your host, Hadiza. And your other host, Imama. And you're listening to the Afrikalypso podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Africa Lipso podcast. We are back again in your ears. And how have you guys been doing, Hadiza and Mama? How's your week been? It's been okay. It's been good. Yeah. How about yours? I think that's that's all we have time for this week. It's <laughs> actually great. It's been okay. It's been amazing. It's been yeah. hot. It's really been hot. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> I'm actually. T- I need an AC. If you want to sponsor us, I don't know. I feel like every time we record, you always mention the sponsor of an AC. <laughs> I don't know if my deliverer is listening. <laughs> if I scream, <laughs> <laughs> please. I don't know. Um, before we go ahead, though. Oh, sorry, Imama. How's your week? I'm so sorry. I uh, know it's okay. My week was good. Yeah, it was really, really great. It was awesome. I saw you um enjoying at a was it a picnic barbecue yeah yeah it was a barbecue yeah okay yeah and before we go into any content from this week we just wanted to shout shout out well i'm I'm very Uh yoruba actually um anyways before we go ahead um i just wanted to shout out niger pod hub it's a twitter page i think they also have an instagram but they basically retweet and bring awareness to a lot of nigerian podcasts and if you are looking for nigerian podcasts to listen they have like over a hundred ones on there you can find their twitter at niger pod hub so that's n-a-i-j-a-p-o-d-h-u-b and i think they're actually doing a really good job first of all they've been retweeting our um every time we post an episode basically since we started podcasting and they've they've been in existence much since um before that and like I found a lot of podcasts that I listen to today from them. And like, I feel like it's just a really nice community that they're kind of creating. I guess it's more of awareness than like a community. But like, once you find the other podcasts, you can reach out to them and stuff like that. But it's, it's a really good resource. So you guys should check it out. Um, but Imama, I remember you saying that someone had actually reached out to you about our last episode. Yes, yes. Okay. So and you wouldn't tell me what they said. Kinda. So. <laughs> no, because you know, elements of surprise. <laughs> okay, please surprise me. Okay. So, um, first of all, like, I want to shout him out. Like, his name is Alex, and we actually went to secondary school together, but he was a year below us. So, anyway, so shout out to Alex. So, um, he had messaged me about opening, like, our last episode. I said last, Jesus. Yeah, our yeah last, exactly. <laughs> our last episode, which was on open relationships, and he mentioned that, like, you know, he just kind of had, like, a lot to say about it. Like, he had, like, opinions, which I thought was really good because obviously we love when our listeners engage yeah. like that's kind of like the whole point but anyways like we had like a 30 minute conversation and it was really really good i'll let you guys know what he said now instead of me rambling <laughs> so essentially if mama took did... notes let's actually acknowledge that <laughs> i like it, it wasn't that deep this conversation. I, but I feel like I'm a notes person. Like I, That's I just true. yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway, so I did take notes. Um, but he did kind of like you know say that 
he did kind of say like preface that he himself is a monogamous person however he was like he basically just wanted to kind of challenge the idea of what we thought open relationship was like he's actually open for open relationships but he himself he recognizes that he's a monogamous not not that he would not but like to him it's kind of like um there's just like pressure from society for him to be monogamous so it's more Mm. of a thing where it's like he wouldn't do it anyways further into it so um he mentioned that like how he how we view relationship as a people mm-hmm. is mainly societal so it's kind of purely from a point of how society has um conditioned us exactly conditioned us yeah. and he said something really interesting which like and i know we don't have much time to talk about this but he mentioned that monogamy was an affront to the feminist movement and i was like was an huh. affront? how so yeah so it's actually long. No, uh, abridged version. <laughs> okay, so an abridged version. So he kind of mentioned how, like, back in the days. So, like, I guess, like, pre, 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 pre days. No, you can't like, say pre days. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> back in the days. Give it a like, timestamp. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think of like a good like that time the days. <laughs> Maybe like. Before Monog- so like maybe like caveman era or I don't know I feel like caveman is too far, but <laughs> actually actually yeah actually it's kind of like you know what I before like Shah Imama go on go on before Shah like before um, current society yeah like before current like like pre colonial era okay. before current like so it's, it's back back Shah and it's mentioned that like you know women then they were able to kind of have like multiple sexual partners because essentially if you had had multiple sexual partners there then and like you know you did have a child the child kind of in a sense quote unquote belonged to two men and it increased the child's survival chances so yeah. like you know the child could have somebody providing for them somebody protecting them things like that and like it wasn't really anything to be um frowned upon it was how it was and it was normal and it was okay okay but like when the whole class thing started so like you know not class war but like just class like when people started kind of seeing each other from a point of view of class that sounded very terrible but when the whole class thing started yeah, then like it was kind of like a whole thing where like men oh man i don't even know how to explain this the way he did but like he explained it so well to be very honest i'm doing a terrible job here i apologize Alex, abridged, abridged. but i really apologize i can't you think of the best way to explain it but abridged. anyways yeah. um he was kind of like marriage kind of started from class like it kind of started as a result of class that like, makes you know, a way a to of kind sense. of yeah and a way to kind of like almost like put the woman under the man because mm-hmm. like you know like then like like women couldn't really work as much like all these things anyway so this kind of started off as a result of class and, like it was a way to kind of like make the woman like you know only stick to one man mm-hmm. and it, like like i said i can't i'm not doing his explanation justice but he did say monogamy is an affront to the feminist movement and like that was the explanation that he came from and mm-hmm. it made sense when he was explaining it and i just thought it was interesting because i had never thought of it like that yeah um and then he also mentioned that like you know he didn't he believed that we actually are not designed for monogamy so as human beings people he doesn't believe that we are designed for for monogamy and um like you know even with the whole like back to the whole thing where i said like women could have children from like multiple men did you just say children i said children okay go on skip right over it (laughs) (laughs) and then like you know it was there was also kind of this idea which i guess also kind of happened a lot back in i'll say nigeria because i don't know for all of africa but Mm -hmm. probably say africa where it was like the village raises a child type thing so it wasn't like the child really belonged to one one man or like one woman yeah it was more like it was the village that raised a child which was which i guess you can say quote unquote having children was kind of the main reason for relationships like Mm -hmm. back then but yeah so that was one thing that he had said and like 
So, okay, so he said that marriage and monogamy was, is a hard rule that we have created for ourselves. And like, you know, it's not like the norm, whatever, that it's a hard rule that we have created for us, for ourselves. And we are now having to kind of like live in that rule. So I had kind of asked, so I was like, okay, if you say that like monogamy is not normal it's not the norm whatever and we are now whatever i was like as humans shouldn't we have adapted to this over time since like you're saying that they started like pre 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 like isn't this something that we should have adapted to like shouldn't a monogamy now be our norm Mm -hmm. but um yeah something he said which was also very interesting to me was and i feel like this actually kind of changed my whole idea of open relationships was that he mentioned this and i'm going to quote him he said have we tied sex to relationships unfairly and what that what he meant to say there was kind of like open relationships do not necessarily have to be based on sex so like he's like because to me it's like the main reason why i'm not trying to share my husband's because i don't want him to start have like or even my boyfriend's because i don't want him to be having sex with another person but he's like why have we tied sex to relationships unfairly like at that open relationship can't it be like you know i am in an open relationship with somebody and they are not necessarily having sex with somebody else but more like you know it could be a thing where they are connecting based on like emotional connection like you know it could be an intellectual connection it could be like different forms of connection because he was saying that he personally when he meets a woman they first of all connect with their minds like you know intellectually Mm -hmm. i guess and like that's kind of the main thing that attracts into a woman and not necessarily sex and i was like that's actually very interesting because when you think about it that way it's like and i know i keep trying to equate friendships relationships and i know it's not the same but it's like with your friendships you do have different friends for almost different things and it's more okay so it's like in in an open relationship and he had mentioned this he was like why are we trying to put that burden on one person to be everything we want so mm-hmm. to be our sexual partner to be our there's intellectual a word partner for that. To be... i'm so sorry to interrupt no, but there's okay. there's a word for that like i think that i don't know for a fact but i think in researching the whole thing i think that open relationships is specifically sexual but then there's polyamory which is different i guess from open relationships and there's forms of polyamory where you actually have exactly what you're describing so mm-hmm. i think specifically in the context of open relationships open relationship, that's the sexual. approach yeah but, but then, i mean yeah like i feel like it's the kind of stance because like even if that might be the approach but it's yeah yeah kind yeah. of a thing where it's like why have we made like why have we kind of tied Equated sex, to, sex to relationship? yeah exactly yeah. but yeah that was kind of the main gist of it like his i guess from the whole thing his main gist or idea or kind of conclusion was that we should try to restructure what a relationship looks like right like we have kind of like you know tied all these hard rules and like all these things and like we kind of subscribe to lots of reckless ideas without properly thinking about, about it. it yeah yeah and he's like why do we do this like why are we not challenging what it is that we have that we have put in place yeah yeah think yeah, about it taught, but think about it essentially think about Honestly, it. like i said i'm Just probably not doing our no. <laughs> i'm probably not doing our conversation like justice but like it was a really really good and insightful conversation it and, like, really honestly, sounds like it it was i proper proper enjoyed it mm-hmm. and i did want to say this so I he did kind of like shout out it. our i really wanted to you know but like what it happened over instagram like record the conversation yeah but it happened over like instagram and i don't know if you can like instagram record it video. yeah yeah i don't know but he did say this about our podcast which i thought was really cool i was like i'll just throw it in there he was like oh that our show gives a different context on how to examine the world from like a western view but from a nigerian perspective as well Mm -hmm. so we kind of give that like outside nigeria and yeah that in between Mm -hmm. um perspective and i was like oh i thought it was really cool 
Yeah, that is but, yeah. nice. That is nice of him. So thank you, Alex. Thanks for Thanks, thanks. Alex. Seriously. Yeah. Shout out to you. Yeah, that's really insightful. And I feel like, honestly, if that was what this topic was about, I would have the conversation again. Um, because I, I, I really like that benefited society back then. Does mm-hmm. that benefit today's society as a whole? I mean, that's some, a question I'm just going to throw out there. We don't have to answer it. Anyways, today we are talking about, and very briefly, because I'm editing tomorrow and it's going to be very last minute. Um, we're going to speak about like just our experiences, our perspective actually on immigration as Africans. And before we go ahead, we're actually going to give a very, very important disclaimer actually, because you guys might come for us because we're not going to exhaust this topic. It's a very sensitive topic and we believe that we need a guest with more knowledge on like the nuances of the topic and that is something that we are going to explore in the future. But right now we're just talking about it from our perspective and three of us kind of have similar immigration experiences. Um so Again, we're not going to attack it from all the points that it needs to be attacked from. So please bear with us. This is just like a an us perspective. But you might just think about a thing or two from listening to this conversation. So I still think it's important regardless because it's still a perspective of like the whole picture. So yeah. Um, Imama, our resident um, <laughs> English teacher, do you want to define migration, immigration, emigration? In case you didn't do uh, social studies, <laughs> social studies, and you don't remember, <laughs> let's help you out. Okay. <clears throat> I am ready to define immigration, emigration, and migration. You know what? I will Mama start for from... UN. <laughs> I will start from emigration since, you know, it starts with an E and then immigration and then migration. Oh, wait, no. I think I should do... Why? I, think, I don't know. I'm just going to do like alphabetically. I think you should but... do migration. Yeah, I think I should do migration, <laughs> then emigration, then immigration. Yeah. Okay. So uh, migration is basically the movement from one part of something to another. So I guess from one from one country in this context, in this context. to another. Immigration. Um, that's migration. No, that's so just migration. migration. Okay. So it's moving, yeah, from it's one place to another. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it was a, a while ago. It really was a while ago. Yeah. And Ms. immigration. <laughs> screaming. <Go laughs> and that suits. <laughs> Sorry, okay. So, emigration is the act of actually leaving one's own country to settle permanently in another. So, moving abroad. And in this case, it would kind of be us leaving Nigeria since that's our own, our home country mm-hmm. and moving to Canada. So, that's emigration. But emigration is actually choosing to settle permanently, not temporarily. So, permanently in another man's country. That's emigration. I don't know about you, but, um, Canada is my country. <laughs> well, my but dear. Go I ahead. You. I don't know. I don't know how to call it, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, immigration is, I feel like immigration is kind of like almost the same as emigration. It's the act of coming to live permanently in a foreign country. So I guess immigration is, yeah. It's no, what it is, is you emigrate, you emigrate from Nigeria and you immigrate to and you immigrate Canada. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. English. Yeah. That's, that's it. it. So immigration is moving from your country and then to another man's country while like immigration is actually moving into another man's another country. country. Exactly. Yeah. But in this case, my country as well. So I moved from Please focus. the country that they unfortunately <laughs> gave birth to me in to the country of my destiny. Passports. Can you not claim them? <laughs> Once they give you a passport. Yeah, take it easy. <laughs> 
Sorry, I have, I have a passport in Jesus' name. <laughs> this is like, all jokes. Like my it's friend not said, it's not by in Jesus' name. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So, um, I guess what had brought this topic just to mind, because I mean, all three of us, um, yeah, so all of us basically here, we left our home country, Nigeria, and then we came here. So we're all immigrants here. But, um, I was listening to this podcast. Um, you guys should check it out. I said what I said. The Nigerian one, cause there's also a South African one. And they had someone on and she's Nigerian and she was basically talking about all her struggles of trying to emigrate from Nigeria to Canada because it's such a big thing. Like in Nigeria, like people are trying to leave like ASAP and there's this joke that people are like canada is your real country which is what i was kind of like joking about before but like it's so huge and like she had to write an english exam she had to like loan money because there's like they require you to have a certain amount of money in your bank account to immigrate and stuff and just the struggle generally as an immigrant and i was like i mean i experience this all the time but i haven't really given it much thought and i guess in the process of also looking more into it i realized that we're also very privileged immigrants and there's another side to the story as well so i was just like why don't we just generally talk about immigration today and you know why people immigrate we can start with that like why do people emigrate from africa specifically oh okay yeah it's it's a search for a better life or better opportunities i'd say for the most part yeah people are usually looking for a better lifestyle yeah lifestyle in gen like what do you mean by better lifestyle like lifestyle like they want to make more money they want better opportunities better education better lifestyle mm-hmm. they don't want to have to worry about no lights <laughs> no lights in nigeria <laughs> dead ass um, yeah. yeah so yeah so people are searching for a greater peace of mind i guess yeah mm. yeah i feel like a solid reason also like obviously to add to that because that's all correct is safety like people are looking for like safety so Mm -hmm. to actually not have to look behind their backs when they are going home and i mean even though i feel like other places are not safe like not everywhere is 100 safe Mm -hmm. but like definitely to just kind of have a better sense of safety in where they are and not have to constantly leave behind gates yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But like, even on the safety thing, like, if you think about Africa, there's a lot of places that are also actually unsafe due to war and like mm-hmm. conflict and stuff like that. So a lot true. of people leave their country because of that, like all the wars that go on and everything. And I know mm-hmm. specifically for Nigeria during like the Biafra war, a lot of evil people had to seek asylum like abroad because mm-hmm. it's crazy. And that still goes on in a lot of like war stricken African countries. Um, I mm-hmm. feel like for us though, like, like, was it really, it's definitely a search for a better life, but also because, like, infrastructure in Nigeria is just generally bad. Yeah, better Like, education. yeah, because people in the UK leave and they don't, a lot of them don't actually expect to stay there. So, like, I think for them, it's primarily the search for, like, better education as well, because, like, the infrastructure in Nigeria is generally poor. But I feel like that is considered immigrants. You're right. I was going to say, based on the definition Mm -hmm. that we read earlier, that is actually not immigration because immigration is choosing to live in the country permanently. Yeah, that's true. That's true, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's generally for a better life then because like Nigeria is something, but it's also better passport. Like a lot of us, like if you think about it, it's more access. It's more access because again, it still falls under the umbrella of like better life, but I think a lot of Nigerians really, I think 
ultimately, we don't really want to stay in Canada. Like a lot of, I mean, oh, okay, right now, now okay, it's okay. Wait, <laughs> I'm going to say three because let me get my Canadian passport first before I'm joking. No, Trudeau, I'm joking. It's just small joke. Um, but what I mean is like, I've heard this opinion. I mean, it, right now, a lot of people are like, oh, they don't actually know what you would move back to Nigeria for. But around the time where, when I initially moved here, a lot of people just kind of wanted access to the passport because it gives mm-hmm. you more freedoms as an individual in in this global world than like a Nigerian passport would do for you. So like mm-hmm. a lot of people immigrate for school and stuff like that and then go through the system, work a big gain experience, get the passport and some people and not all go, go and go back. Those are the reasons basically. And I think there's much more. But I mean, I guess you'd say like, yeah, that's definitely still like a better life. That's still right? a better life. Yeah. yeah. And the truth is, if you think about it, if ever like you're in any danger in Nigeria, for instance, and you're a foreign national, mm-hmm. you can go to the embassy and they will actually like protect you, protect you, you know? Yeah. But like here, if something goes wrong and you go to Nigerian embassy, you're actually worse off than like if you just do there, you know? So like, yeah. it's just, it's actually, as I was say, it's so interesting sorry to cut you, but no. with the whole COVID thing that mm-hmm. was happening, like I feel like that's like a great example, right? Yeah. Like I remember how people are like, oh, like, you know, if you leave the country and try to go back into the country as in Canada and try to go back into Canada, they were really only letting back their people. Their people. <laughs> and, and it was like so crazy because if you had the Canadian passport, like, like you were basically safe like yeah. you know you were their people and they could protect you or even if you were like trapped in another country and they you were evacuating come back, they, people exactly they were evacuating yeah. their people meanwhile i remember how like and i don't know how true this was but i had seen somebody get a letter from the nigerian embassy about like having to be evacuated back to nigeria mm-hmm. through the whole covid pandemic mm-hmm. i mean i think they wanted to go back i can't remember why but like they wanted to go back and i think the nigerian embassy was like that they have to pay for their own airplane tickets and you know just some other things and i'm just like basically you are on your own exactly i mean like they would they would try to evacuate you but you try to cover it yourself i love it i'm just like i don't get it like this is not like guy that's not why i came to you if it's by my own i would have bought it and just go in my go like (laughs) you you're actually right as an immigrant it's so like remember when we wanted to go afro nation and literally the week of our main concern was Mm -hmm. not even coronavirus it was like if we leave coming back in we're actually <laughs> going to be stranded and i know someone um i won't mention his name but he was outside the country as of the time they locked the borders and oh my god he's not so a PR. How you enter he so he has his girlfriend is canadian white and i i make that distinction very clearly mm-hmm. um and like he was coming back into canada and they were like mm, sir this passport is green. And then oh he's like, Lord. um, oh, they're common law partners. Oh, and everything. That is so smart. So, um, the guy at, they were in Costa Rica. The guy at Costa Rica was like, see, if you like, lie to me. When you get to Canada, they'll ask you the same question <laughs> and we'll see which law stands. But he still took the plane and everything. And by the time they got to Canada, no one actually asked him any questions. But that's how he got into Canada because honestly, my guy would have been sent back straight to Nigeria or yeah, be stuck crazy. in Costa Rica because that that's just it just shows you basically the power of like western uh-huh. citizenship and it really sucks I mean he isn't technically isn't a citizen of Canada he pays taxes no, but he, here but he's tied to he works here somebody uh-huh. that is uh-huh. yeah I, I feel that uh-huh. but like I guess I yeah 
I'm honestly not saying that maybe we have a right, which is why I think it would mm. actually be nice to have someone that actually understands policy and like the impacts of these things. Mm. Because I know a lot of people are of the opinion that people that go to school here, for instance, should have like healthcare and mm. stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, we're still contributing to no, the economy. Definitely, and stuff they, they like that. definitely should be giving temporary residents more rights and stuff like that. Yeah, or access and all. Just yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But then, yeah, at the end of the day, like, it's, it's kind of like a, they set the rules, they set the rules. Yeah, they set the rules, they set the rules, and that's true. But there's also this portrayal, I guess, this negative, um, portrayal of African immigrants in the media because there's this image that everyone is trying to leave Africa, kind of. And I feel like, for instance, the, um, policies that Trump kind of puts in place now you know like i don't think nigerians can actually gain permanent residence in america now like the process has been made so much harder difficult yeah Yeah, like i think they've put a lot of restrictions on it and like Mm -hmm. there were specific like african countries and stuff like that that they kind of targeted and stuff and i'm just like i feel like it comes from this perception that africans are like desperate to leave and stuff like that there might be some truth to it but i was reading this article that it's so much more complex than that because if you think about color Organization, for instance, it has impacted our countries negatively and theirs positively and basically put them in power. So should we not be able to immigrate to the countries that colonized? Colony, they should have made the, the movement free. As a former colony. I mean, for America, no, because we weren't really colonized by Americans. But then I feel like as a colony of British society or whatever societies, there should be freedom of movement between those countries. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't know why some passports, I, again, policy. So I really don't understand it, but like, why are those like the UK and American stuff? They have free movement to like so many places in the world mm-hmm. and then a lot of African states don't have freedom of movement. I feel like there's some foul play. I think it's power, right? And a lot of, I think it's power, right? I mean, for Nigeria, we do have countries that we can freely move, like, into. No, there's quite a, no, there's there's actually quite a few. No, there's quite a few, but like, if you're looking at powerful countries that they can move to, it's a, it's then one that's a of different the conversation. powerful countries. Like, it's not that we can't move anywhere. No, I'm not talking it's about moving. Move. I'm saying freedom of movement. So the same way you have, um, with Canada and the UK and America where they can apply. Okay. For example, it's very easy for Canadians to get an American visa. They get 10 years. Um, they can mm-hmm. move to different countries, like move around different countries more freely than others. Mm-hmm. I'm saying Nigeria has the same, um, the same kind of freedoms with certain countries countries the question is are you looking are you looking at countries with more power does nigeria have access to moving around into countries with more power right. and that's it that's a different conversation entirely but different countries have those kind of freedoms mm-hmm. according to yeah it's just a power thing i think yeah it's probably a power thing but i guess i'm speaking on a numbers game as well for instance if you compare the amount of countries that nigerians can move to the number versus what an American can go. Do you uh, know what I mean? Okay. So I'm not saying that we can't freely move 
between some countries mm-hmm. but i'm saying that in terms of numbers and access mm-hmm. it's really really low mm-hmm. like a, a passport is not that powerful mm-hmm. do you get what i mean that's mm-hmm. what i mean and i feel like it is those more economic or what do you say powerful i guess mm-hmm. countries that are able to access almost every country in the world do you get what i mean mm-hmm. so like there's some disparity there mm-hmm. where like i mean kind of you guys are where you are because like it's kind of we're impoverished kind of because of you guys yeah but we can't divide the national slavery definitely definitely give them more they get they got free labor for like 500 years yeah that that's that's a a, a huge step up yeah Yeah. and i i I guess like that's not how pulse like it's it is what it is at the end of the day yeah but it's just there's so much factors when you consider it so like when they have this perception like we're just trying to leave our countries why can't we stay and make things better and stuff like go back to your country it's just like um actually you know your ancestors did a thing or two on my country so um we say why can't we step up uh, like why can't we fix our countries and stay in our countries basically who, who said that? Oh, okay then. you know them yeah <laughs> them guys and like um i saw this statistic somewhere that i guess i was really surprised about but it kind of makes sense like more africans actually travel within africa than out of africa um so the perception of this mass exodus from africa isn't really true because we're migrating but we're migrating a lot to other african countries guys. yeah the statistics are like not um I'm going to read it out, but the statistics are not that great because the, the numbers are not very much accounted for. But between 2015 and 2017, the number of African international migrants living within the region, that's within Africa, jumped from 60 million to 17 million. But there was only a moderate increase in number of Africans moving outside the continent, which was from 60 million to 17 million. So like there's a significant number of people moving in both categories, but like more people people are actually moving within the continent than outside the continent and i also saw this um this argument that if you really think about it people of lower economic standing do not have the resources to make international travels like immigration is expensive (laughs) it is so expensive it really is when i listened to that podcast with the girl that said she was trying to immigrate she was talking about how they have to go to like loan sharks basically to get money in their accounts so they can say okay i have this money before they can immigrate and it's actually interesting because it's actually the same for here. So if you are in Canada and you're trying to like become a permanent resident, um, I don't know if you guys have started your process yet, but like it's like kind of the same thing. You have to hundred or something. That's now. how much you have to pay, but how much yeah. you have to have in your accounts is like times ten of that. That us. So oh like it's not even just if you're which i feel like honestly it's really crazy to me because it's like we've been in this country for a while honestly like i appreciate the country and like you know the the education it's given me and all of that fun stuff but like at the same time it's like we have proper proper added dollars like multiple dollars yeah like from school fees the system taxes paid and all of that and it's just like you still have to show like even like because you have to have been working for like 
a period of time for you to be able to even yeah. apply for permanent residency. So like, I feel like that should be enough. The fact that you've seen that I'm working, but you no, know, you also have to kind of show that you have a specific amount in your bank account, which is like a lot of money. Yeah. And some people just don't have that. Like some people literally have never thought about that. So say, I promise you this making, is the first time I'm hearing about this. See? So like some people <laughs> that may have been making like proper money and would have even had that amount in their bank account. They might literally have been sending back home to like support family or like, you know, doing other things with the money because they didn't think they would have to show proof. But hello, look at you. At immigration's gates, I was to show that you do have dollars. And you must so. have dollars. Yeah, so it's, it's a really expensive process. Like, yeah. also people that like move their whole livelihoods, like from Nigeria, like they they move their whole family. Like even just the process of plane tickets, basically selling off all your property just to move the amount you have to have in your account, and all of those things is really expensive. Like it's not just anyone that can make that move. So like there's a lot of I think economic discrimination if you ask me with immigrating because what does that have to do with immigration i guess are they trying to be like they don't want you to come here and be supported by their government yeah so i think the main goal is kind of like they want to be able to see that you can support yourself Okay, That's okay, when idea. you're here. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, to an extent, it does it make sense, sense, especially when you're moving from, like, a different country into the country. But, but you already live I, here. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like for people who are already temporary residents, I feel like that's kind of where, like, a huge qualm for me comes in, because it's like, bro, like, I already live here. I have lived here for years. I have paid, like, I have basically paid to <laughs> You know, live we here. are actually paid to live here. <laughs> I can't lie. Yeah. We- no, we do. It's like, I've paid to live here for years. Like, the fact that you still think that I would need your support I or mean, English I tests mean, oh my god that's a big thing not English tests <laughs> like I still like do not understand that I refuse I feel to like understand that one that. is I feel like that one at this point is really more capitalism than even like anything because it's like they just that like it's a way to make money yeah it really is a way to make some extra money to be honest because yeah, i did my undergrad to. in english like i mean mm-hmm. is that not enough like i graduated <laughs> from studying in english like in i english. don't what other proof do you need to know that i speak english sorry mm-hmm. and canada is wait do they do french english tests if you're francophone yeah, so they do French okay, tests. Okay, okay. But like, still English. though, like, it doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't think it makes any sense. But like, yeah, people immigrating from Nigeria to have to do it, even though Nigeria we is we're fully a, colonized and we speak it's English. It's an English <laughs> colony, and English is our um, official language. And like, it's just there's a lot of like, I feel like it's negative connotations I, it's just dirty politics to me because it's it's almost like we're begging to immigrate but then when they emigrate from their countries they usually don't have the same restrictions do you get what i mean mm-hmm. so it's just it's weird that these things exist um you know trump saying shithole countries like <laughs> honestly trump i feel like trump personifies what i feel like a lot of people are thinking in the west but just are scared to say so he might also say it's in like an extreme as well but i actually feel like it's not coming from nowhere and it's yeah whatever um guys question actually what countries would you like to migrate to if you could i feel like (laughs) once i get a more powerful passport (laughs) speaking sis (laughs) <laughs> Kenya again, honestly I feel like I really would not mind living in Kenya or even to be very 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 honest Puerto Rico like Ooh. one of those like island countries like I really feel like I would love to live somewhere like that mm-hmm. I'd move to Kenya 
Yeah, but again, that's in the works for after this um immigration journey. <laughs> Once Canada has really become my home and native land. <laughs> oh, Canada. <laughs> um like I I had someone tell me and he was he's kind of a hotep. Um scream. Like we were all kings and queens kind of person and like I was he's um Jamaican and I was basically just telling him, "Yeah, I'm here, but like I kind of want to go through the whole process of like immigration and like you know getting the citizenship eventually just because of the power that he holds in the world and the he was just has. he was just basically saying like don't you know how rich Nigerians are just go back to the country and make millions and blah 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 and stuff like that make millions from who <laughs> my dear <laughs> my dear That's I shock because <laughs> I'm like unless unless you're being employed or you start a business that's actually benefiting people start and you at the same time. Making millions is, you know. I think they have this perspective, like, when they see Nigerians and, like, they see, like, these super, super wealthy Nigerians. Because there are some Nigerians that literally, like, Dangote's children are not hustling for another citizenship. Dangote's children <laughs> they, they literally, they can buy. They literally they can buy are on a different opportunity. Level, different you level, get what I mean? Yeah, they're level. not hustling for the, they, they can literally say, I'm only Nigerian, but there's an asterisk in that Nigerian, you know. Nigerian with worldwide access. Access, exactly. No one's going to stop them from moving around because your money speaks. But for like the regular date, and I would we even say we are the regular day-to-day Nigerian. Like, imagine like I don't even know how to like classify. We are not. We're, we're a bit privileged. We are like above average, yeah. Yeah, like so. Imagine sorry. someone that's below like that average or just average, and you're telling them to go back to Nigeria and just make their millions. Excuse me, sir. Sorry, Nigeria mm. doesn't really have much it's offering like as a country, and I feel like that's why a lot of people leave. What does night being Nigerian really actually mean? And I this might not be true for like other African states. There's some other African countries that I feel like they generally actually want to stay. It's just like, you know, it's war stricken and stuff like that. But like Nigeria annoys me. <laughs> as a person. <laughs> as a person. But like I, it's actually, I was just going to say like, it's interesting. Cause I know like some people, like I have heard this story actually a couple times about how people have left like really, really good paying jobs in yeah. Nigeria and come to Canada to like work below average jobs or like yeah. average jobs where like they're basically almost living check, check to check. Mm-hmm. Is that the word? Paycheck yeah, to like paycheck. Pay, yeah, that's a paycheck to paycheck. Check to check. I was like, what's that back in my head. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and it's so crazy because like you ask why, right? Because I mean, like they actually did have more paying jobs in Nigeria. And I feel like, you know, yes, Nigeria doesn't really have a lot to offer to us, but not even just that, just the security problem and the wahala, like mm-hmm. this wahala as well, like distress that Nigeria really, like, especially Lagos, to be very honest. I wouldn't say Nigeria as a whole. No, it's, it is Lagos really. There's no, but like I'm just saying. There's no like, lights, Nigeria wide. No, not really. In some parts of Nigeria, there are there is constant, constant lights. Li- where, 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 where? What? I, I, okay, so now I've never lived in any part of Nigeria apart from Lagos, mm-hmm. but I have heard in some parts of Abuja, and not even just Abuja, like literally neighboring cities to Lagos. So what do you call it? Um, are those your regular Ogun people and friends? Like, and f- from what I've it's seen, available it looks to the like masses. those are. 
from what I have seen, like I said, I have never lived in those cities, so I, I have also not done a survey. But like I have hit, I have seen it on like Twitter, like you know, people basically insulting or you know, like laughing at Lagosians and like you know stuff like that, using things like that as a reason to mock Lagosians, like oh, we have constant lights, like not that our road is good, but like we like we barely have to suffer okay, in traffic. Yeah, but there's still like things like, like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously there's still issues, but like what I'm trying to say is that, and I mean, this might be like a whole nother discussion yeah, maybe for like another is. day. But like ultimately, I'm speaking from a legal perspective. It's like there's just so much stress, even with the traffic, like sitting in traffic for so long. The air itself is not even good quality for you to Let's survive. Talk about like, <laughs> bro, it's so crazy. Yeah, it's like literally there are no parks for your kids to play in. So it's like you live a healthcare well, healthcare zero. Yeah, like literally every almost everybody that is even like higher mid middle class, upper middle class, they are literally like one sickness from bankruptcy, and it's so crazy. <laughs> there's just like all of that and you think about saying like you actually leave a well-paying job to move to canada for like an average job and it just makes full sense to you because it's like at least your life as a whole will be better even though you might not make as much money and maybe after years like after you like become a pr like citizen or whatever you can now decide to move back but like mm-hmm. ultimately it's a thing where it's like nigeria does not only have much to offer us in like the money perspective they also don't have much to offer us in terms of like actual life perspective yeah that's my summary of my story yeah that makes sense summary of your story that's the summary of my story (laughs) it makes sense i agree and i i've heard that i feel like even i might even at this point if i was offered a better paying job in nigeria i would still i would still really really have to think about it because like healthcare is my biggest part like i i'm scared of nigerian healthcare because like sometimes when i'm looking for stuff outside lagos specifically because i know lagos it has a lot more infrastructure than like around the country but like sometimes i'm looking for like specific things in other parts of nigeria in healthcare and you can't find it like i remember um one of my friend's moms had cancer and they had to travel from where they lived to a whole different state to get chemotherapy and stuff done because in the whole state there was no um i don't know what they call them those machines imama hit it <laughs> wow i hit it back <laughs> to you <laughs> <laughs> just yeah radio radiotherapy i guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that one yeah um i just i didn't do medicine engineering here like hearing those things is kind of scary because i guess i'm always paranoid about my health like even when like for instance i had to go to the emergency room recently i know they could have done that in nigeria but you hear about flimsy excuses of people dying in nigeria and you're just like this could really have been avoided like mm-hmm. trailers falling on your head like this didn't need to happen like generally so like mm-hmm. i don't know it's just those little things also that make you um think about it but again we're coming from a very privileged perspective so i was like i mean to your best knowledge because again it's not a reality but the realities are that there's some people that leave not necessarily by choice a lot of people like when there's war or even nigerians like gay rights for instance like i know a lot of people that are gay seek asylum as well um Mm -hmm. because nigeria will kill you or at least imprison you for a very long time for 14 years which makes no sense for sure yeah which makes no sense so like i know like there's also some people that don't have enough money to go the like legal routes and they literally go to europe in boats 
Yeah. And sometimes when like I those listen to that, so risky. It's so dangerous. So risky. Like some people literally don't make it across. Sometimes I have to read it to really, really understand. Because I ask myself, again, this is a privileged point of view. Like, is it that bad? Because like you are not guaranteed making it across. You could actually die. So, what are you guys' thoughts um, on that? Some like, of those immigration situations, right? Um, you have representatives that come into villages or not just villages, but communities that may not have so much access to information and come in to say, oh, hey, there's this opportunity if you go to these, these countries and do these, these jobs, you'll be able to make this, this money. So, a lot of times, the people who make those pilgrimages, he said pilgrimage, or no, like journeys or so, stuff like that, it's kind of like a lot of them don't actually know what the, the full picture yeah the full picture and stuff like that and a lot of them when they get there they're like oh wow we didn't know this was gonna be like this yeah i would advise people not to come this way and so like, yeah a lot of a lot of it's not access to uh, information yeah. i also kind, kind of, of feel like yeah i mean like i know like there's a lot of that happening like where like people come and like they trick people and like you know mm-hmm. or like even like human trafficking type thing and they traffic them like you know from trickery but i also kind of do feel like yes it is that bad because yeah. like some of them willingly like make they know that decision and they still to go. go they know and they still yeah. go no, and i feel oh, like you mean it's like they know that it's yeah. bad i read an article and like this is a quote from someone that made the trip and they were like they would do it again exactly oh, it's like yeah. it's like some of them it's right. like it's like for some of them and i mean this is me speaking from an outside point of view because yeah. i really don't know what they're experiencing but it does look like for a lot of them it's like i'm going to die where i'm at Mm-hmm. So even if I die on the water, I might as well take the risk. I might as well take the risk because there's a, a chance I'll actually make it. Exactly, it's so crazy. And I know somebody, and I like you know actually you can't. No, no, out, you can but... say you know you know someone. You don't have to mention their name. Like what's going? No, on? I know, but like his story is kind of different but um okay yeah i mean it's obviously something where he was escaping danger but it's still kind of different but like okay i'll just say it so i know somebody who like even though his story is kind of different but he was also like escaping danger and like he literally had to run for his life now he did come here in like a different way i believe his was i think anyways that his was legal and everything but it's like i'm pretty sure it's a case where even if he had stayed in the country that he was at he would have been killed so it's like if he was going to leave and like the only option was by boat it's like if you're going to die where you're at or you might die by boat you're not going to die by boat you might you might die by boat but you will die if you stay but you will die if you stay i do see why people are like you know what if i die on water i die on the water as opposed to like you know staying and for sure being killed yeah so i do feel like yes it is that bad for lots of people yeah i guess it's also starvation to like if you don't have money at all you're unemployed and I've, I found a statistic. I don't know how true this is. I don't know how do- documented it is, but they are saying like a lot of people that actually make those illegal routes and stuff like that are educated people. Like a lot of them are, um, like not necessarily even like the lowest class. Like as Hadiza had said, some people actually come as recruiters basically, but you have to pay them a certain amount to basically smuggle you into the countries. Yeah. And you still have to have some kind of money to pay those people that will smuggle you there so i know 
like a lot of people crowdfund money even to go through those processes. And I'm, I'm, it's very painful. People die in the process. I don't know what, what was it? Libya that, that time that mm-hmm. we were seeing like what happens to some people that are not able to make the trip to Europe. So like they get stuck in Northern African countries and some of them literally treat them like slaves. Like when yeah. that came out, I honestly was shocked because I never knew before that period that that was even a route that people took to get to Europe. Like, so I was even reading an article where they were talking about how bad it is now in the pandemic that um there's mm. just like... Can those imagine people, people are can't escape as much as yes. they probably could have before yeah. the pandemic. That's yeah. actually really That they're sad. very, very vulnerable right now mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. So I was like, honestly, African countries, and I mean, I'm generalizing, I can't speak about Nigeria. They're doing us such a disservice. Like, I can't imagine being so desperate for opportunities to have to risk my life and that's what nigeria is doing to people we portray this image of oh we are wealthy and stuff like some nigerians are the wealthiest people in the world and then some nigerians cannot even eat for days on end you know well we have the poorest population in the world so it's they're doing us a disservice in some Risha, but yeah, let's talk about the realities, I guess, of being an immigrant because we just talked about people, you know, risking it all because they're like better opportunities. And I won't lie, there actually are better opportunities, but there's also negative realities as an immigrant. Do you guys want to hit it off? What your experiences have been being an immigrant and like, I mean, we kind of touched on it, how you have to do English tests, even though you speak <laughs> English. I yeah. Think, um, for me, the social aspects of immigration, it depends on where, what kind of community you're immigrating to. I think yeah. some communities are more, um, kind okay. of accepting or. Like, but which communities? I mean, I can't say. I'm just speaking generally. Like, maybe if you have a community that already has a wide variety of immigrants and stuff like that, there's I mean, probably. I do feel like Ottawa slash Canada is kind of more accepting to immigrants than probably a lot of places in the states and or europe. Maybe, and europe yeah, yeah i feel like they're definitely more accepting to immigrants to be very honest yeah so, but like okay yeah sorry, yeah so on. yeah it depends on i guess it's like even beyond the accepting i feel like there's also this perception because i know and I've heard this where other people just think that like their family at home, when you say, oh, I'm in Canada or I'm in the UK or I'm in America, they just automatically assume that you have a better life, like that you are really, really doing well, that like you're thriving. But the reality is like some people move here, as Imama said, living paycheck to paycheck, struggling, working five jobs to survive. Those are the kind of realities I'm trying to like bring to light that it's like, yes, you are going to have better opportunities probably than like Nigeria where chiller will fall on your head but there's also <laughs> keep using that example <laughs> it's true though but like there's still negative realities do you get what I mean mm-hmm. and I no, think not I think not having a community here that you can relate to would make yep. things very bad for <laughs> yes, you yes yeah. so imagine yeah. living paycheck to paycheck at least okay if if you moved here and then your pay was good it will buffer the the no friends or no community but imagine coming really coming living paycheck to paycheck and you don't have a community a support to support system even yeah support mm-hmm. system. yeah that, that yeah. is 
frustrating. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, I feel reading. like yeah. Let's go ahead. No, just reading on someone that had um, moved to America from um, Nigeria, and she just documented basically her whole process, and she was just saying like sometimes she actually really misses Nigeria, um, Lagos particularly because like mm-hmm. here she fell into a depression when she moved over because like the place she was was like predominantly white, and like she didn't kind of understand the culture and stuff like that. So a lot of times mm-hmm. she found herself very lonely and that like abroad a lot of times they're very individualistic but she grew up with that community sense so like it's a really lonely existence for her is what she was saying And yeah. I mean, that's true for a lot of people that, cause right now we're lucky. We're in Ottawa, for instance. It's like a major city and th- there's Nigerians on Nigerians and Africans on Africans mm-hmm. here, you know, but like mm-hmm. if you were to move to PEI, <laughs> Prince Edward <laughs> Island. I hear they're really nice though. No, but like again, what, not the niceness. No, but like they're really nice because like PEI is a small, like there, it's a small community of people, uh-huh. right? So like chances are, I hear that chances are, yeah, like people who move, like they like seeing new people essentially or something. I hear something like that. Yeah, I, like I probably agree with you. Maybe I, it's I, true. I hear, I hear more good things about PEI oh, as negative. a small town than like other small towns in Canada. Okay, interesting. Okay, Saskatchewan. <clears throat> no, they have a lot of black, a lot of Nigerian people there actually. Okay, um, um just just say Nova Scotia or like just somewhere, just somewhere. No, no, that no. is not as. Ah, oh, actually, no, no, probably. Yeah, you know, just I don't know, just generally like places that there aren't other people. I guess there's also a- again, I can't stress this enough: the money aspect because people actually expect to move here and all of a sudden become successful, but their system is really, really hard. And also, like the thing is that it's actually I would almost say that it's easier to make money. Like once you've kind of climbed the ladder to a specific point in Nigeria, it's easier to keep making money there. Yeah. As opposed to here, because here it's like you're kind of capped at like a specific. Yeah. Like everybody's kind of okay with like you can live, life. Or, like you can survive. Exactly. Which I mean, like, and that kind of makes life. sense. No, but it's true, and like it does make sense because it's like if you're in a functioning society, really and truly, you should not need that much money to yeah. enjoy your life. So that should be what we should be aiming for. But as Nigeria is not a functioning society, hmm. clearly, <laughs> some people have lots and some people have nothing. Yeah. Exactly. But, um, yeah, no, definitely the money aspect, the social aspect, like, I feel like those are all problems and, like, not problems, but, like, issues that you face as, like, an immigrant here. Oh, my gosh. Can we talk about the two-week vacation thing versus Nigeria where you have one month? Um, first of all, I know that's not, like, the biggest thing. I know Nigeria will kill you. Um, but, <laughs> like, imagining, though, like, when I think about my counterparts in Nigeria and like how they they are able to take some vacation and stuff like that. Hey, you are once begging. again, I would tell no, you Imam, that you see, also have. See, let me tell you, the company that we work for, I and Imama, we get. Should I be saying this? Is that a problem? I don't know. It's, I, I don't think that's a problem. We haven't said the company name. Okay, yeah, we get. But then they we get unlimited vacation in quotes, but it's still a capitalist. So like, Imama has climbed the ladder and she's keep, she t- keeps talking. What do you Me, mean? I'm still at the bottom the of the stars. I'm serious. Like I had asked, like sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't feel like my time is actually my time. Like I actually asked for time off, but because it's so busy, like they're like, Oh, sorry, this other person is on vacation. Sorry. Do you get what I mean? When I hear like sometimes my counterparts in Nigeria are taking a month off. Can you even fathom? Imama, even you that takes a lot of vacation, you can't take a month off at a time. 
But I mean, I also kind of think, me, this is me personally. I don't know that I would want to take a month off at a time. Like, actually, I feel like that's a lot of, what am I going to be doing in a month just sitting at home? Or even if I travel somewhere, <laughs> it's like, bro, a month? I mean, honestly, I feel like that's a lot of time. Personally, Sha, I feel like I like two weeks, three weeks at most. But a month just seems very, very, very long to me to not be doing anything. I don't know. But... I, 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 I do hear you. I do hear you and I do see where you're coming from. I just like, feel like it's a rat race here as compared to Nigeria. I know like a lot of people are hustling in Nigeria as well, but I feel like in Nigeria, it's still, I don't know. Maybe you don't, maybe family. you don't feel it as much because you also have family and a good support system. What's here. a rat race? Like it just feels like go, like capitalism basically. Like it's just like a, a very capitalist, yeah, town. very capitalist society. I don't know how to explain this. Lagos is not a good explanation for this because Lagos is probably <laughs> exactly the same. Nigeria, Lagos can be very capitalist, but like, there's other places in Nigeria that move like a bit slower as well. But like, mm-hmm. I feel here in general, it's like you almost sell your souls to the company. Yeah, no, I do agree though. I definitely do agree. Because when I was sick, my dad was telling me I should take three days off to recover. Okay. Again, Imama will argue with me and say she would. I, I was literally, I, I was literally about to be like, babes. Okay, okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll cut this part out. Maybe it's actually the problem is me. It seems, but yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just. I mean, no, I feel like I, I feel like we're not doing that. this um justice, like this part justice, because I actually think that there are definitely pros and probably the pros outweigh the cons of immigration, but. I feel that being in Nigeria specifically, I don't know about other African countries, but they really glamorize immigration and don't talk enough about the negative aspects as well mm-hmm. when you immigrate. Because for instance, the people that are borrowing money to put in their accounts so that they immigrate, when you do, like it's still going to be hard to sustain yourself here, especially yeah. because the dollar has holds more value to the Naira so if you don't have money when you're immigrating it's kind of hard for you to make your way here too there's a lot of indian people for instance i know that kind of like they play the system a little bit but they come here and some of them Those share pros like in playing the system honestly they are pros though like we have to take lessons from them seriously <laughs> them and the asians Gee. i mean like i know they're asians too but like asians the, i feel it? like it's uh, money uh buying power for a lot of them what do you mean buying power education like in terms of how they're able to come through with this, like play the system, quote unquote. Oh, that they just have money and that's why they're able to play the system? To some degree. Yeah. I guess mm. you have heard I also, about- I also feel like they kind of come in like droves, droves. almost. Yeah. It's like droves? not drones, droves. Like, <laughs> they come in come drones. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they come in droves. I'm like, I mean, not that. I feel like they have like a more solid community here. Yeah. And like, I feel like that's kind of the whole thing, even with like, even with like Nigerian population here, it's like our community is not as together yeah, as, as like those communities. Oh my God, you know? Because um because they have like a more solid community here i feel like they're able to kind of help themselves a lot more at least i find yeah. that that's what it looks like it's like one person gets a job here they've referred like five of their people yeah and it's just like you know things like that it's like they're able to really really help push themselves and they have people in like 
play, it's really connect. Yeah, connect. You know, I can't lie. Connect. Yeah. Like they have people in like places that, oh, I can get you this mortgage for cheaper. And like, you know, suddenly they have like, they've had their houses and like just all this thing. So like, I really do feel like definitely missing a sense of community is one thing that I feel like immigration, like, well, for as a Nigerian anyways, yeah. like that's one thing that is not spoken about a lot. Yeah. Like that sense of community and like, you know, just having your people and even like a sense of belonging really. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody will ask you where you're from and you start stuttering like that. I, <laughs> <laughs> like it's like, so, so the thing bro. is, <laughs> so the thing is like, so I've actually been here for like 10 years, but originally I'm from, yeah. like, it's like, you know, just like that whole, like, you're actually still not from here. Exactly. Yeah. Like stuttering and like, and I mean, I feel like another thing for me is the fact that we are like putting so much into the Canadian account, like, American (laughs) economy, (laughs) but like we are not. It really is the account, to be honest. But we're not getting as much out of it as I feel like we should. Like for instance, like, and I do understand to an extent, like where some job opportunities are really only for PR for people with PRs, Mm -hmm. like permanent, and that's permanent residency. But like, I also kind of do feel like more should be made available for us, just because we are contributing a lot to the economy, and I do understand that. I, I, like, I mean, we do get healthcare, which is good. Yeah. As workers. Like, as, yeah. As, yeah, as workers. But I don't know. I just feel like, I just feel like we are missing out on a lot, like job opportunities and not even that, like literally buying a car, you get a higher premium. Like you get like yeah. a higher, like percentage. And it's not like, it's like 3% higher. That's a lot of money. Yeah. It's not like 0.5 buying a house. It's yeah. higher. Like a lot of things. It's like you're getting charged more. Yeah. But you've been here for a while and in a sense you kinda deserve it. But I feel like then it brings up the argument of do you really deserve do you, it? Do what you do really you deserve and what don't come? you exactly? exactly. Yeah. But then it's I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Again, this is really why I want to have someone that's passionate about the topic to come on and basically pose their thoughts because this is just how we feel about it being immigrants but what are the facts and like how do politics play into all of these things um if you're that person and you're out there and you actually have very strong opinions backed up by knowledge and um, facts please reach out to us we want to know we also want to hear about your experiences because i feel like a lot of our audience is immigrants let's be honest like maybe not first generation but maybe your parents were immigrants and stuff like that maybe they've told you stories or you have stories of not fully identifying as wherever you've immigrated to or you're in nigeria you're trying to immigrate we just want to hear general immigrant stories please let us know message us at the africalypso podcast at gmail.com we want to like kind of read it on the next um episode just share your experiences with us hop into our dms on instagram or twitter at Pod. let us know your stories like what because i feel like we didn't actually really cover like the real feeling like negative feelings because again we are privileged i believe that we are so we want to hear like other sides of immigration stories and stuff like that so just let us know we want to hear and share these stories just to bring awareness to like the different life experiences but um we've gone on too long and again i said i'm editing tonight (laughs) so um yeah there's no lesson from the week just god is the answer (laughs) (laughs) i'm totally joking (laughs) Um, God is the answer, answer, you know, but if you are atheist, maybe God is not the answer for you. That's why I said, I'm joking. Yeah, insert your, no, I'm joking for you that is atheist. No, don't speak. God is my answer. You understand? Um, so, um, insert your own lesson here.
Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, see, all this time we've been talking, we could have quickly said Alexis of the week, but sure. No, we couldn't. <laughs> Imama, sometimes you have three. <laughs> uh-huh, but I could have said one. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. We actually really appreciate that you listen to us and we love hearing from you guys. We love you guys so much. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Peace out.